0: Boogie podcast here from SEC country I'm your host John Neighbors. appreciate everybody listening in on this beautiful day here in the great state of Arkansas lots of things to get to today and as always thank you for making us a part of your day today Arkansas basketball and the SEC big 12 challenge gets a victory in the same way they've gotten all their victories since conference play has started at home and to grind it out close one possession game but somehow Arkansas finds ways to to win. We'll talk about that and also why I don't watch the Grammys, nor do I give a crap about the Grammys or any reward shows at any point in time. I'm going to bore you with that in the nonsense part. But before I get into it, you know, ever since I've been doing this podcast, you've all been asking me for advice. Apparently the last past week, it's all been about Fortnite and uh, any tips on playing that, which has taken the world by storm and it cracks me up. Great video game if any of you pick it up. But when you're actually asking me for advice, though, a lot of times it has to do with the teams that you're betting on and who's going to win and and what the spread's going to be, all that good stuff. I always tell my people to go to MyBookie.ag because MyBookie has been in the business for years, and their rep is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses, so off the bat, you're making money for doing nothing. And they have the fastest payout. Seriously, it's just two business days. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me because I want to be good to you. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to MyBookie because when you win, they pay. They have in-game live betting and the most rewarding player perks in the business and an all-new mobile site that makes wagering on the go a breeze. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit with up to 100% cash bonus using promo code EROTIC. That's promo code EROTIC to activate your offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. So Arkansas took on the Oklahoma State Cowboys and Bud Walton Arena as part of the Big 12 SEC Challenge, SEC Big 12 Challenge, whatever you want to call it. It doesn't matter who's first. But the Razorbacks found themselves in, again, the same type of game that they play, the same type of comeback. It's just it seems like it was the same song, different verse for the Razorbacks. They get the victory 66-65 to at the towards the end of the game, which was nuts. But Arkansas, to start off, was down 9 nothing. The offensive starts are baffling for this team. They they just, they just aren't good, at, plain and simple. They aren't good. They don't get off to fast starts. Oklahoma State, who's traditionally known, at least for this season, as being one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the country, they started off really hot from three. I believe they hit four of their first seven three-pointers. Ended up not being the case in the second half. But either way, Arkansas finds ways to win. It was an ugly game. It was not a very good performance by a few of the players that Arkansas normally counts on, one of them being Jalen Barford, who went 2 of 11 from the field for six points. Anton Beard went 2 of 11 as well, 0 of 6 from 3 for only four points. But luckily you have Daryl Macon to make plays and make plays when they count. 22 points, 7 of 13 from shooting, 4 of 7 from the three-point line, 4 of 4 from the free-throw line, which is huge two rebounds for him. Dustin Thomas was kind of the guy that doesn't probably won't get the credit that he deserves, but he had nine points, 10 rebounds, nearly had a double-double, five of six from the free throw line. But the craziest thing about it, Gafford, Hall, Bailey, Beard, Barford all started. And between all of them, they shot six free throws and they missed all six. All six free throws. 10 of 18 as a team, still struggling there. Arkansas shoots 8 of 22 from the three-point land. Not great, but still okay. Gafford got in foul trouble. He only had six points, four rebounds in this game. Trey Thompson, I think, got a better game than what he'll get credit for. He had some blown layups, and they were just bad. But he gets seven points, six rebounds for him, two blocks. So a nice game for him, 26 minutes. Gafford only played 14 minutes. Darius Hall was still a starter. Didn't do a lot, didn't have a lot going on. Missed two free throws, had two rebounds, a steal, a block. Uh, but you know, he, he's kind of a cleanup guy. It was ugly. This team wins ugly, honestly, as ugly as you'll ever see. And when I see, (laughs) when I see what this team does and it's like, I, I don't know really how to put it for listeners or for the fans out there, especially on social media. I don't really know what to say about it. Other than the fact that a wins, a wins, a win, you know, uh, it's not pretty, it's not going to make you excited. It's not going to give you confidence about the team's ability in the next game. But it's a win. And that's all that matters. Because no, one, at the end of the season, regular season at least, no one's going to look back on the NCAA tournament committee and say, hmm, Arkansas beat Oklahoma State. Well, that's a, well, wait a minute. They only beat them by one, and they got lucky. No, they're going to see a win. So as much as there should be some criticisms – as bad or as poor as Beard played or Barford played, that are all you know completely valid in saying those and bringing up those criticisms and bringing up those arguments. But I just I don't know what to say about the team because they win, they make plays down the stretch, sometimes defensively, sometimes offensively. They've won three straight games, and that's it. They're not making me feel confident about the next game. They play Texas A&M, I believe, down in uh, College Station, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's not making me feel confident. Plain and simple. And really, if I'm looking at the schedule. There's not any games on this schedule where I'm like, "Oh, well, Arkansas will for sure win this one." There's not. They're 15 and 6, 4 and 4 in conference. They're three games back from first place. As of right now, they are tied technically for uh third, fourth place. Um, Alabama's five and three, Tennessee's five and three, Kentucky's five and three, four is six and two, and Auburn's seven and one. So they uh they still are in great position, still have a very high RPI, still in the NCAA tournament according to most uh, people that put it out, like uh Joe and is kind of the guy so we'll just go with him and what he says so he still got Arkansas as a solid end in the NCAA tournament but it's just funny because I just don't I don't want to sit here and try to say here's the positives because yeah they're positives because they're winning but I don't re- I can't explain how they're winning you it's, it's 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 not like they're trash they're not they're not blowing major leads like that's the thing too they're not blowing leads they're coming back from leads. They're able to make plays against Oklahoma State when they're up, especially early in the game. You can't get consistency. sometimes Barford will be amazing, sometimes Macon will be amazing. sometimes Gafford will be amazing. or sometimes they're all three will be trash at r- r- random games. It, it's just it's an up and down team, a roller coaster team that does just enough to win but also keeps you at bay with your opinion on him. They played good defense in this game, I felt like. You know They're moving up the charts as far as how many points they give up. Still not great at 76, but they're scoring still at 84 points a game. That's 21st in the country. They are still tied for 76th with assists per game, Uh, 15.3. They don't turn the ball over a whole lot. But I feel like that's that's really an indictment on what they've been able to do. For instance, Mike Anderson, this stat is just mind-blowing to me. Mike Anderson, in the last 11 one-possession games, Okay? The last 11 one possession games, Mike Anderson is 10 and one. The only game that they did not win was against Mississippi State this year where they lost by three points, 78 to 75. But in the last 11 games, he's 10 and one. Now I get that people are bring will always bring up with Mike, that he doesn't have a good game plan going down the stretch. He doesn't draw at plays. He just lets it play ISO. He he doesn't uh you know, he doesn't adjust, whatever it may be. But the fact is, is, you know, as the great Darren McFadden once said, the numbers speak for themselves. All right. If Mike Anderson's able to win these close games, you got to give him credit for it. He's not getting lucky. He knows his team. And some of you, and I and I understand that people get frustrated when they see B- Daryl Macon out there dribbling around and firing a three if there's time running down. Or maybe they see Anton Beard going for the floater shot towards the end of regulation, and luckily they get Daniel Gafford to tip it in. That's what this team is. That's their style. And you can't hate it in the beginning or love it in the beginning and hate it at the end. That's just what they do. That's the style they know. That's what they're comfortable with. You can be multiple, you can run different sets, you can run different offenses, you can have plays drawn up. But at the same time, you got to stick with what you know and what these guys know is that they go out there and they rely on athleticism and speed and quickness and pressure and aggressiveness to be able to be successful. They've been doing that the whole time. And so I see that they'll continue to do that. And they're going to do it at the end of the game too. I don't have a problem with the way that they've handled the end of games. Now, sometimes you'd like to have a play drawn up. But in other cases too, you got to realize, Now, I'm not making excuses, but you got to realize that the defense, it's like, for instance, when Arkansas uh, was doing it against Bama, or not Bama, excuse me, Georgia on the road where they went to double overtime. The plays that were going drawn up at the very end, they were just kind of jacked up shots or uh, creating things. you also got to admit that Georgia defense and any team defense, they're going to play about a 250% upgrade to what they've been playing. They're going to have lockdown defenses. It's so like, show, please, show me a team. Show me a play where they have put it together at the very end it's been drawn up perfectly and where somebody's open. Show me that. I don't think it's as prevalent as what everyone thinks it is. I just think, feel like the way basketball is played now, whether it's the NBA or in college, you get the ball into your hand of, his play, of your playmaker and they go out and create a shot. That's how basketball is played now. In a perfect world, you'd love to have a play draw up, but that's what you do. You get the ball in your playmaker's hands. Anton Beer doesn't need to be taking the final shot, unless it's just a sure thing, a wide-open look that he just happens to get. Then, yeah, go ahead and take it. But at the end of games, I want to see Barford or Macon with the ball in their hands. I feel most confident with him. I don't mind Macon firing up a contested three, because we've seen so many times this year he can make them. I don't mind Barford trying to drive in and do one of those fadeaway Kobe jumpers because I've seen him do it. I've seen him be successful at it. I don't have a problem with it. I would rather rely on those guys. Like, think about it. you, I would rather have the ball in the hands of those two guys dribble around and try to create than have a play drawn up where you have to rely on a Dustin Thomas or an, a Darius Hall or an Adriel Bailey Trying to make passes and plays and sets. Like, is that really what you want? You don't think about that part, but is that what you want? You want them to create, you want them to do that? You want them to have the ball in their hands at some point? No. Set picks, set screens, set whatever, and try to go out there and make a play with your playmakers. And that's what they've been doing. So I have zero problem with the way that Arkansas has handled their end of games. Now, in this this case, they got extremely lucky because Oklahoma State missed two gimme shots at the end of the game to take the lead. Right in front of the the first one was pretty good. Pretty good look at it. The second one, the follow-up, I can't believe that one didn't fall. I can't believe that didn't happen. But sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. I think Mike Anderson even said that Uh, In his press conferences. So they've won three straight. Like it, love it, hate it. They've been nail biters. They beat Ole Miss by four. They beat Georgia by three in double overtime. And now they beat Oklahoma State by one. Love it, hate it, whatever. They're winning the games. And a win is a win is a win. It's not pretty. It never will be pretty. But it at least gives you some confidence that they're going to get into the NCAA tournament. Because that's what the end game is, right? Sure, you'd like to have some high seeds. Sure, you'd like to go in and play in a place that's going to be somewhat close to Fayetteville. Or at least close to the state of Arkansas. Sure, you wouldn't like to be matched up against North Carolina in the second round. But the end game is getting to the tournament. And then when that happens, the bets are off. Because here's the thing. If Arkansas gets in as an eight seed, they win their first game. Then they upset the one seed in the second round. Does anybody care what they did in the regular season? they make it to the Sweet 16? Does anybody give a rip what happened in the regular season? No. It's about getting there and making plays and playing your best basketball in March. And when you advance, no one cares about what you did in the regular season. If you put up a banner in Bud Walton Arena when you made it to the Sweet 16 or maybe to the Elite Eight, what are they going to say? Sweet 16, 2018, and then have a little asterisk that says, "But well, wasn't that good in the regular season, or the record was only 20 and 11." No, it's going to say that Sweet 16. So winning games, as ugly as it may be, as frustrating as it may be, as much of a heart attack that'll probably give a lot of you. Their wins, their wins, and that's all that matters. The rest of the SEC fared pretty well in the SEC Big Twelve Challenge. What's crazy is how it's done. That I mean, they only had ten teams play, and uh, or ten games go on. And Auburn, the best team in the SEC, wasn't even a part of it. So <laughs> you couldn't even say that uh, yeah, their best team was put forward. But Texas A&M plays Kansas, and Kansas wins that game. They were the home team. Texas A&M kept it fairly close, though. Uh, Kansas was beating them by 18 points at halftime, but Texas A&M made a run, tried to get back in it, ended up losing by 11 points. Kentucky goes on the road and beats West Virginia at, at West Virginia. Huge win for Kentucky. Huge win. Um they're talented, there, but they're so young, and they don't look like a, a, a typical Kentucky team that's just built to go to the Final Four. But they're still a team to be reckoned with, obviously. And them beating West Virginia in their place, that's about that's about as good as it gets. Uh, I mean, that's 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 pretty incredible. Um, Oklahoma and Alabama. Alabama gets the victory against Oklahoma, eighty to seventy three. Uh, came down to the fire final wire, and. I'm honestly surprised Alabama won this game. I'm there you talk about a team that's difficult to figure out. I don't know what this team's doing. But uh, Trey Young didn't play all that well. And when I say all that well, he only had 17 points, eight assists. Uh <laughs> but didn't he shot six of 17, 4 of nine from three. He's just incredible, but he didn't they didn't get any bench production. That was the difference in this game. I was looking at the box score for this game. Oklahoma got three points off the bench. Three. You're not gonna win games, at least not many games, especially on the road only getting that production off the bench. So a huge win for Alabama. So now uh, Arkansas and Alabama both have victories over them. South Carolina was up on Texas Tech, had a lead, but blew it. Texas Tech 14th in the country. South Carolina had them at home, lost the game 70-63. to 63. That was tough. LSU blew out – or Auburn blew out LSU. Since, again, LSU and Auburn couldn't play in the Big 12 SEC Challenge, so they blew out LSU by 25 points. No big deal. Auburn's the real deal. I'm interested to see what they do in tournament time. Florida absolutely destroys Baylor. No surprise there. Baylor's not a great team. They're 12 and nine, but Florida gets them at home, beats them 81 to 60. Tennessee goes on the road to Iowa State and blows them out 68 to 45, beats them by 23 points on their court. Even if you're not a very good team, getting beat by over 20 points on your own home court by a very bad team is never good. Just ask Arkansas what they did against LSU. Uh, this just a few weeks ago. Texas comes from behind and beats Ole Miss as well. 85-72. Actually, no, they didn't come behind. Texas was leading that most of that game, but uh, that game was at home, so not really anything moving the needle for Texas. Kansas State beats Georgia. All right. Cool. Vanderbilt beats TCU in a big upset. Vanderbilt's trash. They are a terrible, terrible, terrible team. 8-13 and they beat TCU 81 to 78. That might have been the biggest upset of the uh, entire season. And then finally, Mississippi State Missouri, the other two teams that couldn't play in the in the SEC Big 12 Challenge, Mississippi State beats Missouri 74 to 62. All right, moving on to the nonsensical part of the podcast. Uh the Grammys were played last night or tonight depending on when you're listening to this podcast. And I don't care. And I'm sad by that because I used to love award shows. And I know people are going to probably listen to this. You're like, oh, you're just saying that because you you, you ate the politics because you voted for Trump. Listen. The award shows used to be lighthearted, fun, energetic, great performances, all that good stuff. That's what I like to see. I just like to see like a live show pretty much and seeing artists win awards and see how excited it is. But for whatever reason, Hollywood and musicians and artists, like they just live in their own little world and they are not even connected to the rest of us in any way, shape or form. Like they, they are so far out there that they don't even know what, in the like they have no pulse on what the rest of the country thinks or goes through or anything. They just feel like, Oh, let's do this stuff. And I, I don't know. I I feel like if I was an artist that loves selling records and making music, I'd want as many fans as possible. I wouldn't want to divide anybody. I wouldn't want to make anybody feel uh, outcasted. And so by doing that, I would just, you know, act as if, you know, nothing was going on. Like, if there's politics that I disagree with, which happens all the time, and you know, you, there, it's their right to have those disagreements. They don't have to agree with everything in politics, but the problem is, is that when you come out so stern and you say some harsh words about uh, whether, you know, whether it's Trump or whoever or Hillary, it could be either one. But when you make those strong stances and you use some harsh words, you make the people that uh, either voted for them or uh, you know supported the policies, whatever it is. You kind of make them feel isolated from you, like, and to me, it just it, it sets a bad precedent, and it makes you divide your fan base, and people lose respect for you. And it's the same way with these shows. I just if I just don't want to watch it. Where it's like, if it, hey, one person makes a comment about politics, fine, but it's everybody. Everybody makes po- comments. Everybody talks about it. Everybody's just slamming people, and I'm like, I I don't want to watch that. I don't care about that stuff. I just want to see cool performances and awards be given out. It's kind of like Sports Center. know how great Sports Center was, which by the way, Jamel Hill's gone, so that's awesome. But Sports Center is the same way. I just want to watch highlights, man. Give me my highlights and my analysis and breakdowns. Don't give me don't give me these social problems. Don't talk about politics. Don't do all this stuff. I, if I want that, I'll watch CNN or Fox News. Separate it. People want their stuff separated. Most Americans like their separation of Topics. They like sports here, entertainment here, politics here. We should go back to the old days, back when it was frowned upon to talk about politics in public. <laughs> like that'll ever happen. Anyways, off my high horse there. Appreciate everybody listening to the podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on SoundCloud. You can also get after me on Twitter at Your Neighbor John for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll be sure to keep it going all week long. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great night, everybody. We will see you then.